His name is Lyle Presler, punk rock legend and music industry vet. His name is Jim Shear, most tenured DJ in the history of music television. It's the week in music with Lyle and Jim, and it all starts now. Hello there, everybody. My name is Jim Shear. And I'm Lyle Presler. And welcome to the week in music. On today's episode, we've got rockets, holograms, clay records, vintage drum machines, but before all of that, this past Sunday, Justin Timberlake performed the much-hyped Super Bowl 52 halftime show in Minneapolis, Minnesota. He had no wardrobe changes, although many seem to dislike his camouflaged, man-of-the-woods-inspired outfit. He rolled through bits and pieces of 11 songs, He covered Prince's I Would Die For You while the Purple One's image was projected on a sheet behind him. He had a really cool microphone stand and made a social media moment when a young attendee took a selfie with him but then continued to play on with his cell phone as Justin's 12 minutes ticked away. The performance has been praised and picked apart by many, but it is the most watched music event of the year. Lyle, what did you think? Uh, well, I, I mean, it's funny. I was talking to somebody the other day, and I said, you know, you can read and read and read all the praise and the criticism. I think probably mostly criticism uh, about him and about the league and about the Super Bowl in general and all the rest of it. But I, I said, you know, I bet you if we put a thousand people in a room. We couldn't get more than 10% to really have a really strong opinion about the totality of it. In other words, you know, bringing Janet Jackson into the, into the, into the equation, uh, talking about the, the perceived biases and whatever else. But the rest of them would have gone like, yeah, well, it was Justin Timberlake and he performed. And some of them would like Justin Timberlake and some of them wouldn't. So that would color their opinion. But, I mean, as those things go, it was kind of what you'd expect. I mean, I didn't really expect a politically charged or socially charged thing because the NFL went through about as much of that as they wanted to this year. Mm-hmm. True. So, so I think that they probably thought, let's just not, let's not do anything that's going to ruffle any feathers. I was very disappointed that, that they didn't bring out Janet. I know. I I really did think that was a strong possibility. That would have put it to bed. I that's what I was saying. I, and that would I have been that, that would, would have been the right thing to do. Absolutely, for so many reasons. I mean, for for the wardrobe malfunction, for the perceived uh, destruction of her career, uh, for women, for mm-hmm. black women. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you could, you just could tick every box with that. And I don't know whether that was even seriously considered. I don't know whether she didn't want to do it. I, I mean, I have no. I don't know that we'll ever know. But I really was disappointed. I really watched that thing more intently than I would have normally because I kept thinking, "Oh, she's going to come out now. It's going to happen." And it just, it just didn't. And then I did. I didn't like the bit where he's doing the song. And he goes, "Stop!" You know, <laughs> right before what would have been the wardrobe malfunction. I thought yeah. that was that was like I don't know why I don't know who decided on that, but I thought that was that wasn't right. Mm-hmm. Um, at least because that was the I'll song he was performing, right? Exactly. I, I it didn't ring right to me. Now maybe to somebody else they would say, "Oh no, he was really just referring to it." Um, it's always tricky when you do that because you know one person takes it one way, another person takes it the mm-hmm. other. Um, obviously, the kid with the phone was the highlight. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I mean, the, the popular meme that was going around was a picture of him on his cell phone and then a picture next to it of him Googling, who is Justin Timberlake? <laughs> right, exactly, exactly. <laughs> but I mean, listen, you know, as we've discussed many times, I don't know what people really expect out of these things. I mean, you know, it's it's just, it's, it's going to be a medley. Um, it's going to be a bunch of like kitsch, because it's all kitsch. At mm-hmm. the end of the day, and, and and the whole I mean the whole thing is kitsch except the game itself the perf- I mean the actual playing of the game. So I don't know what people expect, but I thought it was okay. I mean I don't. Did care you like for him. Did you like the Prince tribute? 
that that was a little odd. Um, I, I understand the idea of it, but I think it would have been better had he simply walked over to a purple piano and played the song. Yes. I mean, I don't like dead duets anyway, mm-hmm. but but like dead duets where you're really connected to the person makes some sense. But is there any real connection between Prince and Justin Timberlake? Well, he's a fan. Okay, and, he's a fan. You but could they... argue that you know you could argue that his music is inspired by Prince. You could, you could, but but just being a fan doesn't really give you the right to do a dead duet, does it? No, and just because you go to Minneapolis doesn't mean you automatically have to do a Prince tribute. Exactly. You could do a replacements tribute. <laughs> you could do a Husker Du tribute. Yes. Yeah, there you go. It, I mean, no, I mean, I just sort of, I sort of felt like if, if if Justin and Prince had been really good friends or they had collaborated or something, that it mm-hmm. would have it would have been oh well fine good. As it was, it was like. All right, so yeah, we're in Minneapolis, and yeah, you like Prince, so let's do it. Um, at least it wasn't a hologram. Didn't Prince say that holograms were demonic? <laughs> yeah, he he didn't want them. <laughs> right, exactly. He said if he was meant to collaborate with an older artist, it would have happened. Right, and it right. didn't happen for a reason. Exactly. Because TMZ broke some story about how there was going to be a Prince hologram. But then Prince's estate said, no, no hologram. And then I guess they decided on having the sheet with his video projected on it. Well, I mean, and I have to say that if they there got. Was, yeah, I mean, if there was going to be a hologram, um, they w- there would have been a lot of production work that would have had to gone into that. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it would have had to have been planned way before right. and put into put into execution. I mean, you couldn't just, you can't just throw a hologram together at the last second. As far as <laughs> I understand the technology. You can't just go, oh, let's do a hologram. All right, fine. Because so, I had some I, friends over who aren't as into music. I mean, they're into music, but I think I'm mm-hmm. more on top of it. I'm more on top of it than they are. And they're like, oh, there's gonna, there might be a, a Prince hologram. And I think that was going around because TMZ leaked it. Ah, Or gotcha. TMZ said there was the possibility of that happening. Right. And I thought, right, well, well, we'll see. We'll I, see. I think that would have been worse. Oh yes, of course. Yeah, yeah. I no, think I would've... think him doing Prince won over half of America's head until sure. they sh- until they showed Prince on the screen, and then they went to that wide shot outside right. of the whole city lighting up. Right. Because they're probably thinking, "Oh, maybe is this on his new album that just came out, Man of the Woods?" <laughs> right. <laughs> See, I um, I thought it was good. You know how in um, Christmas Vacation, Chevy Chase drinks that eggnog and he says, it's, it's good, it's good, it's good. That was yeah. my impression. It was, it, was, it was good, it was good. I mean, yeah, it wasn't I mean, good, I, I, it, was, it was good. Yeah, yeah, I kind of had that feeling too. It was like, oh, yeah, oh, okay. Yeah, I get it. But, you know, it's, it's sort of like, that's why I don't like, I kind of feel like picking these things apart is, is a waste of time. Because, you know, now I can sit there and go, well, I don't know. You know, he's, he wasn't really friends no, with him. But... but it's something that needs to be picked apart because, like I said, it is the biggest music moment of the year. True. This is the music moment with the most eyeballs on it. Absolutely. Over 100 million people. Yeah. And Justin knew. He knew it was going to get picked apart. Well, yeah. I mean, I think if you go up there, you know that there's going to, especially with social <clears throat> media, it's mm-hmm. just going to be, I mean, people are going to have a field day with it, almost no matter what you do. Mm-hmm. Someone's gonna find something wrong with it. I mean, that's why you know I always say, thank goodness I didn't, you know, I didn't perform and in, in, in the age of social media, because I think <laughs> I would have been in, I would be in jail probably. No, I'm serious. I'm totally serious. Well, I, mean, I think well, I mean, me and some other people I know would be in jail uh, because it would have been, <laughs> you know, unconstrained anger. <laughs> well. You were you were fortunately born before the age of social media. That's right. I um I was hoping that he would just settle into some songs. Cuz like I said there was bits and pieces of 11 songs and I had some people over the house and he would, you know, bust into Cry Me a River and everyone's like, "Oh yeah." And the living room would start to dance and then the band would kick in dun 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 and then kick into another song. I'm like, "No, man." 
Give us yeah, more. Well, yeah, I, I listen. I agree. I mean, medleys to me are, are a pain in the ass most of the time, and and I really I like it better when it if they're going to do it like do like three or four songs. Yes, you know, so you can play most of the song. Um, you can cut extraneous bits out and segue, but when you try to cram that many songs in, it just it, it's almost inevitable that it'll become jarring. Hmm. I think he just got swallowed up by everything. I, mm. I hated his wardrobe choice, not because of the the camouflage shirt, but he was ju- he was literally camouflaged within the set. He didn't <laughs> he didn't pop on the screen, and at times it felt like he was a hype man for his own music. Yeah, there was just so yeah. there was so much bigness, and then the crowd. I thought the crowd was spectacular, but it's almost as if they were just going nuts because they were at the Super Bowl. I don't know if they were necessarily feeding off Justin's energy. Yeah, I mean, the Super Bowl experience is one where you have to sit in your seat for literally hours. Hours before the show even starts. And they try to entertain you with little things, but it's, it's, I, and I think by the time halftime comes, people are just naturally disposed to going crazy. Because <laughs> <laughs> the kids on the field... I'm assuming they don't get to go into the stadium to watch the game. So they're probably, probably penned off somewhere and they're like, here, kids, go crazy for the next 12 minutes. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. But, uh, you know, it was good. It was good. Yeah, it, was it was good. good. <laughs> it was fun. <laughs> like Lady Gaga's last year, I thought hers was good. But the yeah. impression on social media was that it was legendary and it was genius and it was amazing. And I thought, it, no, it, it was good. Yeah, it was okay. It's fine. Yeah. So what did you think of Pink's national anthem? Well, you know, I mean, uh, it, it wasn't her best effort, um, but she was sick. And now, did she, she sang it live, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I've watched the tape a couple of times, and there's no question that it's live. And, and she, in the, in the final part, she, she can't quite make the notes. Um, she covers for it pretty well. I think most people watching probably didn't really notice you know um but she was sick and 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 i think that she could have gone up there and lip-synced it i'm sure i'm sure they had a backup because i read i read that it was an nfl mandate that performers had to lip-sync the national anthem but then when i was watching on sunday i thought no that she it looks like she's singing and if she's not singing she's really selling it well well, yeah, if she wasn't singing, but I mean, I guess it's possible. Why? Because they're worried that someone's going to, you know, take a moment to say something? Either that or it's going to be so bad that it's going to overshadow the Star Spangled Banner. Uh, but I, I, think Rose, of, but I think a lot of that. Effect. Yeah, but I think a lot of that might have been speculation. Oh, I mean, there's enormous amounts of speculation. Listen, I wouldn't put it past the NFL to make that rule because they make a lot of rules. Mm-hmm. Um, they're in the rulemaking business, but. I I thought that she sang it live, and I am I think that she did it. She soldiered through it because she was such a fan of the whole thing. So mm-hmm. you know, I did. I personally, I had no problem with it at all. And I do have a problem with people saying you suck. I mean, I I just think, and I thought her response, while brutal, was nonetheless maybe the correct one. <laughs> yeah, because someone you know, on Twitter said that she sucked, and then she tweeted back, yeah. But at least I suck while singing our country's national anthem, and you just suck by yourself on a dirty couch. Yeah, exactly. And, and, and I, I don't think, I mean, it certainly didn't, first of all, we can quibble with the, the, the description. It didn't suck, okay? I mean, there have no. been things that have sucked, okay? But that right. didn't suck. And then why do you think you have the, the right, or, I mean, when I say right, I don't mean literal right, but why do you think you have the right to tell someone their performance sucked? You know, hiding behind anonymity. I just think it's it's really disgusting. Yeah. You know, but but that's a reality. So, and that's wh- where we live and how we live. So, she so handled it. Last week we talked about the Grammys and we said, yeah, they were good. Justin Timberlake's halftime performance, good. Pink's national anthem, good. Yeah. So we're <laughs> we're in an era of good right now. Yeah. But exactly. I, but I was thinking this morning. When you want to consider something the greatest of all time, it's tougher now than ever before because there's just so much to judge it against. Yeah. 
Like That's in 1960, right. you could call someone the greatest rock star ever, but in 2018, think of all the great albums and music that have come in the last 50 or 60 years. Oh, absolutely. And 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 recording stretching across how many different kinds of genres and subgenres mm-hmm. and 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 collaborations. It's it's very difficult. That's why I mean, I just you know, I, I really don't like this idea of ranking things and saying this is the greatest and this is, you know, the second greatest. It's just sort of, to me, it just seems absurd, and it's become more and more absurd to me. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do agree with you. I think at, at one point it was much easier to say, wow, this is really, really the top, this is it. I mean, it's sort of like when Sgt. Pepper came out, mm-hmm. and and every musician said, screw it. I mean, Eric Clapton famously like bought the record on Friday, and by Sunday night, had decided he was not going to play anymore. That it was ridiculous <laughs> and hopeless, and there's no point in doing it. And it went on for a couple of weeks or months, and then finally, someone said, "You know, this you got to play, you know, because whatever." <laughs> but I mean, at that, but that was a very different time. And and I also think that um, it's become as as much as it's hard to say who's the greatest. It's also become so difficult to stand out because it really has all been done. Mm-hmm. You know, for the most part, and that's why I'm always so impressed with when someone once in a while comes along with something that sounds really different, and I go, yep. "Wow, how did you do that?" Yeah, I agree. Uh, good Super Bowl, though, right? Yeah. Although we we did witness the death of defense in the NFL. Oh my goodness! I mean, it was just it was like flag football. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, these guys. It was. I mean, I, I'm not saying they did they didn't put the effort in. I just think that the schemes were so good that. Um, that the defenses just couldn't keep up with it. But yeah, it was just, it, it reached the point of, of almost absurdity as the yardage began to pile up. And I um, am not part of gossip culture, but I can't help it. I want to know why Malcolm Butler, the New England Patriots cornerback, didn't play. I'm just, yeah. I'm, fa- I'm, I'm fascinated by it. Why didn't he play? Well, you know, I mean, of course, to get into the gossip, it some it appeared to involve some behavior before the game. Uh, and what I will say about the Patriots that I do admire is that they don't fool around with it. It's like, you don't do it, you're out. Right. And, you fool and around always, in class, you're not going on yeah, the field trip. Exactly. And And I have to say that the temptation to ignore stuff like that would be so huge. I mean, <laughs> I'd be sitting there going like, oh, man, I can't sit this guy because, you know, I want to win. But yeah. I did. I do appreciate the fact that they have, you know, despite their other issues, they have consistently, they've consistently been a team that, um, that says, if you're not going to do it right, you're not doing it for us. So, mm-hmm. But yeah, yeah I want to know too. I did hear a great story though that I, I should mention that apparently Giselle walked down from the box where she was sitting and mm-hmm. walked to the locker room and along the way ran into a bunch of Philadelphia Eagles players and congratulated each and every one of them. Wow. And, and then and then tweeted out congratulations to them. And I thought and apparently the players were just awestruck like, you know, their mouths hanging open. Not just to see her, but 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 more that that she talked to them. So I thought that was pretty cool. Very cool. I thought you were going to say she bumped into some Philadelphia fans. Well, thought, yeah, that oh, would have been a different boy. story. Because I've I've been there before. Oh, I have too. That ain't pretty. Oh my. Oh my. <laughs> All right, uh, we're going to take a break, and when we come back, we are going to talk about rockets and time capsules. We are back on the week in music. Jim Shear with Lyle Presler, and uh, did you, Lyle? Did you hear about uh, yesterday? What happened? The the rocket being launched into space. The Falcon Heavy, right? Yeah. From SpaceX. courtesy of Elon Musk, who is one of the wackiest dudes ever. 
Mm-hmm. He really did, is. Did you read his cover story in Rolling Stone? I did not. It's wild. But in this but rocket be- that he launched, called the Falcon Heavy, there's a Tesla car inside, there's a dummy in the car, and then the stereo is playing David Bowie's Space Oddity on a loop. Yeah, and I think the screen says don't panic on it, too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I saw a picture. Um, yeah, well, what he was doing essentially was he was going to substitute uh, a payload for what would have been a satellite. So the, the rocket has a payload bay that carries the satellites into orbit, and because he didn't have a satellite to put in there, because no one wanted to risk a billion-dollar satellite on a rocket that's never been fired before, he said, well, I'll put a car in there. Um now, my understanding is, Jim, he's going to shoot... The, the car's going to go on a trajectory towards Mars. Oh. And um, and the only thing was, there was a, an issue with... it. They, they said, you can't put it in orbit around Mars. So you got to shoot it, like, off to the side. Because um, they don't want it to pollute. You know, anything from the Earth going to another planet has to be sterilized carefully so that it doesn't pollute the world, the next world. Uh, oh. You know, and Andromeda strain style. So, so he was allowed to shoot it towards Mars, but it has to like be well off. So it will never really like they have animation that shows it approaching Mars, but it would never look like that because it's so going it, to go it, it well. Won't, it won't land on Mars. No, it won't land. It has no capability of landing, but but it will go at something like seven miles a second. So the car will be flying through space with the little spaceman in it. Playing space oddity. <laughs> now, who makes who makes the call on stuff like that? Oh, you mean if you're allowed to do it, right? Uh, well, NASA and there's a space consortium that will check off and agree. They're the same people who make sure that you're not firing a rocket at the same time. I'm firing a rocket, you know that kind of stuff. Okay, I'm assuming we couldn't get a meeting with them, right? Probably not. No. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, in a similarly bizarre story. This one goes back a couple of months, but we haven't had a chance to talk about it yet. In November, Pharrell Williams teamed up with Louis XIII Cognac and created a song called A Hundred Years, which he played at a private party for a hundred people. Lyle, that is the last time the song will be heard for another century. The song was pressed on a clay vinyl and was put into a safe. Here's the catch. The song is part of a global warming campaign. So if portions of the Earth are submerged underwater as a result of global warming, as some scientists have forecasted, uh, the clay vinyl and the safe will be ruined, and we won't get to hear the song. Also in the safe is a bottle of cognac, which I'm assuming will be able to survive the change in sea level. So is this a uh, preposterous integrated marketing campaign, or is it the coolest time capsule ever? Well, it's both, I guess. (laughs) I mean, all those marketing campaigns are, are preposterous, and this one is especially. But I was thinking that, you know, the thing about it is is that there's a couple of funny things here. I mean, first of all, for those of you, you know, he was a king who, was, who reigned in the 1600s, and he was tied into uh, the Medicis in, you know, in Italy. In fact, he exiled his own mom. <laughs> wow. Yeah, yeah. And and he's credited with sort of forming like forming what would become France, like and, and exerting France's you know, beginning to exert France's dominance over the continent. Um but I you know, I have I, I have a couple of questions. First of all, it's a clay record. Mm-hmm. So what what in the world plays a clay record? I mean, you know, it, it, it's like, you know, we, we, when we did the, the thing on Voyager, we had a, a gold-plated record that we sent out in space, right? Mm-hmm. So apparently... That, that was like e. in 1976, right? Yeah, yeah. So E.T. deserves gold, but there's some, you know, jackass ruled by apes 100 years from now who has to have a clay one. Well, I think what the, the point is that if the clay is submerged underwater, then the record gets ruined. Well, I get that, but I mean, you can't play it. What turntable is going to play a clay record? Maybe a regular turntable. Really? I would think. I guess. I don't know. Maybe it's a special kind of clay. <laughs> I would think you would just need a, a turntable. Maybe. Even I mean, one of those Fisher-Price turntables, I think, would play it. Oh, okay, cool. But the catch is, if we don't take care of this globe, 
right. will be underwater. The clay record will be underwater. It will be ruined, and we'll never get to hear the song. Yeah, you know, that's really great, but I think people have bigger fish to fry at that point. <laughs> and I honestly think... They're going to be mean, like, I, damn it, we're not going to hear the Pharrell song! You know, everything's ruined, everything's <laughs> underwater, and the only thing that pisses me off is that I'm not going to hear the song. But I suspect if they... Uh, of course, by that point, Jim, we'll be talking only in tech-speak, right? <laughs> right? Just so in emojis. I, Right, so I think that the tech speak would be IPH, which stands for, I prefer happy. <laughs> now, do you think it's a club banger? Is it a good think, song, or is it a, a B-side throwaway? Oh, I don't know. I mean, I, I mean, Pharrell doesn't need any more money, <laughs> so, so he might have just done you know, a really great song and put it in there. And are you telling me there's no backups of this song anywhere? Well, I mean, there would sort of have to be, right? Yes. What if what if in transit the safe got damaged and the clay record broke, right? Wow. So th- then then what would they do then? Would they just not tell us? <laughs> you know? And then when they, they opened it they'd be like, "Oh, it's it's all ruined. Look at this." <laughs> we I mean, we went to all that trouble of dealing with global warming. We did all that stuff that he asked us to do and the damn thing's broken. <laughs> I well, mean, I, I want to that- know cuz he did perform it for 100 people. If it was that great of a song, word of mouth would have spread by now, right? Since it yeah, happened you would in think November. So. Yeah. So I don't so, know. I mean, no. again, I think Happy's the only song anybody's going to care about. <laughs> and the the sad thing is, we'll never get to hear it. Nope. No. I don't know if unless, our children... Unless, Jim, you and I break into that vault, <laughs> drink that cognac, <laughs> and steal that record. <laughs> that. See, now that's going to be Ocean 70. <laughs> okay. Ocean seventy will involve the stealing of the Pharrell record. And then and then we put it on Napster. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, once again, speaking of the future, Hologram USA, the company that brought us the hologram of Tupac at Coachella 2012 has begun airing the following commercial nationally. Hologram USA presents a proposal to all investors. Hologram USA is an innovative three-dimensional patented technology that shifted the paradigm in media technology. Our patented hologram technology that brought you Tupac and Coachella, Whitney Houston, Billy Holiday, and many more is integrating live performances to bring your favorite past and present entertainers beyond your imagination. Invest in the patented technology before the banks scoop up all the stock. Invest in Hologram USA today. So Frank Zappa is about to become a hologram. There was talk of a Prince hologram at the Super Bowl, which never transpired. Lyle, is this the wave of the future or just a modern day adaptation of the live Chuck E. Cheese band? <laughs> uh, you know, it's funny, Jim. I remember reading back in the probably the middle 80s that it was a, a thing in Rolling Stone, some sort of futurist, you know, technology writer wrote this thing about how we would enjoy certain kinds of entertainment in the future. And one of the things that he or she talked about was a holographic projection that would come out when you listen to music. So you would see Mick Jagger performing in front of you. It, 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 you know, sort of like uh, Princess Leia in yeah, you know, Star Help Wars. Me Obi-Wan Kenobi, right? So, yeah. you know, that's what, and this person said that that was going to happen. And I remember at the time thinking, well, you know, eh, that'd be okay. That'd be all right. <laughs> no, mm-hmm. I thought, like, that's pretty impressive. And <laughs> now, of course, we've come full circle to these real sort of real, quote-unquote, full-size holograms. Um, the Zappa thing is interesting because, you know, there's a lot of strife about this. Oh, um, I know. Yeah, you've got, on the one hand, Amit, who's the uh, the executor of the trust, and I mean the trustee, who's approved this and green-lighted it, and Dweezil, who's angry for, well... I don't know if he's angry. He's upset, apparently, for some of the things that happened with regard to the, the estate. Um, 
has denounced this. And several people have decided they're not going to be involved, including Adrian Ballou. Um, and so I'm not, I'm not really sure how I feel about it. I know that I think Zappa really liked the idea. He thought it yeah. would be cool. Yeah. Because so he had sense, it planned all along. Right, because he did that that film he filmed himself like in a 360 thing right mm-hmm. so he had like a three or four camera shoot to so that it would the the footage would exist to create the hologram um i don't know how i feel about it i, I mean i think that if you're it's sort of like going to laser pink floyd i mean you know if if you if you want to see zappa or if you want to hear zappa's music played and there happens to be a hologram of frank up there playing it I don't see the problem with it. So you don't think it's going to replace live music? No, but I will say this. What I thought would be cool would be if you could change your hologram, you know, like your avatar for each song, you know? Like you could be like a devil, like, and then you could be like an (laughs) angel. You know what I mean? You could just sort of alter the the perception of you on stage. That would be kind of cool. Okay. You know, like so you, if you like, they talked about using avatars for meetings, like where if you went in an adversarial meeting, you could have all of your team dressed up like Wolverine or something. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's kind of project this thing. <laughs> I, I could know. see that. It might now, be are cool. you are you into holograms? Into would holograms? You, no, I mean, would you if say if I don't know, Led Zeppelin came into New York City as a hologram? Would you go see them? No. Okay. Well, I mean, yeah, I would go one time, whether it's Led Zeppelin or, you know, you know, Chuck Berry or whatever. I'd go one time just to see what it what happens. What you if know, you liked it? Well, if I liked it, I'd be in trouble. You know, <laughs> but but in general, I mean, I don't know, you know, it's funny how these things go because we're talking about people who are dead, right? Mm-hmm. So we're talking we're talking about people who don't have the ability to speak for themselves. And the people who do have the ability to speak for them have a lot of interests that may or may not jibe with the dead person. Mm-hmm. So it's always thorny to get into that kind of thing because you don't know. I mean, yeah, Frank thought the idea of holograms were cool, but would Frank really have wanted this to happen and wanted Dweezil not to be involved and wanted Adrian Balloon? You know, who knows, right? Yeah. So, so it's kind of hard. I think you have to. You have to just, I guess you have to just put those things out of your mind if you're interested in it. And if you are, if you're mindful of those things, I don't know, maybe you just want to kind of stay away from them. Minor threat hologram? Yeah, yeah I, don't, I don't know about that. Well, I don't think there's enough footage to, to create holograms unless the computer technology leaps many things ahead, which it will. <laughs> so, sure. You got, why but not? you guys would, you would have to vote on it, right? Oh, yeah, we'd have to vote on it. And um, I, I can tell you, I know one person who wouldn't go for it. on to jack white jack white's new album boarding house reach comes out on march 23rd on paper it either sounds like pure brilliance or pure madness let me set it up for you jack white teamed up with a bunch of respected life hip-hop musicians and to the best of my understanding gave himself a time limit of three studio days in both new york city and los angeles He then took the recordings back to Nashville and crafted songs out of them. White also imposed another role, telling Rolling Stone, the idea was to use the exact same equipment I had when I was 14, the same reel and mixer, and say, quote, if I knew then what I know now, what would I do differently, unquote. Well, I listened to Connected by Love, which I think is the first single, right? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I thought it was... It was good. I mean, it didn't... But, you know, the thing about it is, it, it didn't sound... I mean, all this build-up, right? And mm-hmm. then you listen to it, and you go like, well, so what? I mean, it's just a song. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, when the when Foo Fighters did that thing where they went back and recorded on reel-to-reel, right? They didn't well, use any yeah. digital. And, I mean, it, it sounded fine, but it, it didn't... It wasn't like... But they didn't make such a big deal about it, really. I mean, it was it was more like this is we're gonna do this because we can, and we got this old stuff that we got from you know from a studio, and we're gonna do it. And it was like, okay, it sounds good, that's great. 
I mean, it sort of sounds like what it should sound like if you're a band that can spend as much money as you want in a studio right. and do whatever you want to do, right? I mean, that's what it should... I mean, I'm not, I'm not trying to denigrate. It's like, that's what it should sound like. No, but that it was funny when the Foo Fighters did it because I thought, well, Butch Vig is producing. Right. Of course well, yeah, it's going to yeah. sound... You guys are all professionals. Right. Like, and if using... I go into my garage and I record on tape, it's going to sound like shit. Yeah, you, you can get your 246 Porta Studio out and like and your sure mics and see what happens. You know, no, I mean, true. It's like, you know, they go in with the best quality uh, uh, mics, the best quality sound engineering tools, and they um, produce a record which sounds really good. And that's fantastic. The Jack White thing's a little bit different, right? Because he more or less kind of put the whole thing together with these guys kind of as a jam, kind of as a live thing. Mm-hmm. So what he did then, I'm assuming, was he took that raw stuff and went back and then said, let me spin this stuff up. Mm-hmm. But honestly, so he did it more painstakingly, right? Yes. He cut tape and he did this. And I mean, I've been in studios where we cut tape. I mean, literally cut yes. with a razor, the 24-track tape, which is absolutely nightmarish because if you mess up it's done you got to go back and redo the whole thing so in a sense it's more time consuming it's more painstaking it's more craft crafty it's more craftsman oriented but the end result sounds pretty much the same if he'd used digital sequencers (laughs) which so so what i'm saying is it's an exercise for him but for us it's irrelevant yeah because the end result is all we care really care about right Mm mm-hmm I mean, it's not like he went back and used stone knives and bearskins, you know, and 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 like old lutes, you know, from the 16th century, and said, <laughs> "Here's my, here's Jack White's new material." I mean, it's it is what he does. He just did it a different way. I mean, if you if you went to buy a million dollar painting, would you really particularly care what brushstroke method the guy used? I mean, if you liked it and you were willing to pay a million dollars for it, you'd buy it. It's not like, like, I don't like that. I mean, use pencil over there. I don't dig it. You yeah, know? what interests me was the, the hip-hop angle. Yes, because that's I think more interesting. Because I think of Jack White as an old-timey rock musician, and he has his third-man records in Nashville, and he has like that old record-pressing machine. Mm-hmm. So before he put out any singles, he released a, a collage that he uploaded on YouTube, Right. And there's there's some drum there's uh, some footage of him messing with drum machines and I thought ooh that's cool because yeah. you don't usually think of Jack White and hip hop in the same sentence although he has performed with a tribe called Quest and I think he's even performed with Insane Clown Posse mm. so I, I do like that he's getting his hip hop on but the the first three songs that I've heard thus far sound like Jack White songs right. Right, exactly. I, I mean, I heard the same teaser that you did, and I had very mixed reactions to it. I was like, oh, God, you know? <laughs> I mean, you know, because to some extent, Jack White is one of those people that everyone says they like but can't name a goddamn thing, you know, <laughs> except like Seven Nation Army. Well, yeah, because you saw it on the football game. So, you know, I, but at the same time, I thought, well, that's kind of intriguing. But then when I heard this stuff, I was like, okay, well. He again. It it's like we're being asked to pay a lot of attention to method, mm-hmm. but but who really cares that? I mean, I mean, I care. You care. We can talk about it, but I don't think really many people care about the method. So as we reported last week, Charlie Walk, Republic Group president and judge on the singing competition show The Four, is facing sexual harassment allegations from multiple women. He has been suspended by Republic Records, and has stepped away from the four. But wait! Walk has filed a legal complaint claiming that he was being extorted. It was also reported that his legal team went after a journalist who prematurely claimed that he was, quote, bounced, unquote, from the four. It looks like Charlie is not going down without a fight. Yeah, it sure looks that way. I mean, from what I understand, he's hired quite the team of lawyers who uh, at least one of them is a big-time employment lawyer. So that would indicate to me that there's an anticipation that someone's going to try to stiff him. Mm -hmm. And you would hire somebody like that to essentially negotiate 
whether it's with Fox or with Universal, um, you would negotiate some sort of settlement, if you will. But to me, this all seems like, I don't know. I mean, I've, I've kind of, I don't know about you, Jim, but I've tried to understand this extortion thing. And I've tried to figure out how in the world this really relates to the woman who came forward. Was, there was a, um, there was like a voice message leaked to TMZ. Yeah, yeah. In which, which this guy who was in radio, who obviously had some problems with Charlie, um, like basically went off and, and apparently was drunk. Mm-hmm. And 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 sort of left a, a threatening message, right? Basically saying, "I'm going to unleash the fury of the Me Too movement on you." Right. And there's, and but it wasn't strictly speaking extortion, right? Because he was just basically he wasn't asking for anything, except for Charlie to just quit. Right. He just wanted to take him down, apparently. Right. So he didn't say like, "Yeah, give me a million dollars, or I'm going to do this." Um. So, but but again, I understand that part of it. But what I don't understand is what does that have to do with her, with Cooper Smith? Well, was she in cahoots with this radio guy? Well, apparently they don't even know each other. Okay. I mean, if she is, then that's that might be one thing. But if she's not, this looks to me like smokescreen. Mm-hmm. It just looks to me like I don't know. I mean, you can get you can think about this stuff you know, about the strategy behind this, but I don't really know, Jim. I mean, the, the problem here for the accused is, first of all, this is not a court case, right? So there's not, and we've talked about this, there's not rules of evidence. It's just sort of open-ended. This is really going to be played out in the court of public opinion, as they say. Um, isn't he already pretty tainted? Yeah. So then the question becomes, so what's the purpose here? Is the purpose to try to untaint him? If so, I'm unsure as to whether that could ever be done. Because it's kind of like my father was a journalist, was a newspaper man, and he used to tell me, look, you know, p- newspapers publish retractions, but the the headlines print on the front page in 24 point type and the retractions published on the 80th page and a little box down in the corner in nine point type mm-hmm. so you tell you tell me which has more impact mm-hmm. that's why you have to be responsible when you report because you can't really take it back and so it's out there it's out there it's been discussed it's all over the place and all of a sudden we're going to try to clean that up well i don't know if that can be cleaned up and i heard this morning that Bob Lefsetz, who publishes his Lefsetz letter, which is more or less a, his musings about stuff, but has a lot of followers, including a lot of famous people, and he kind of d- occasionally does a more or less like a blog type thing where he, he prints or publishes stuff that's been written to him, they're going after him, apparently. Now, I don't know on what grounds they think they're going after him, but apparently there's some indication that they're putting pressure on him to remove posts or to take things back. And I'm thinking to myself, well, I don't know what era you think you're living in, but you can't take it back. Right. It lives forever. So, I don't know. I mean, I, I, what do you think of it? What do, what do you make of it? Well, I last week when we were talking about it, I said, well, what does Republic and Fox do? Right. So, Republic didn't fire him. They suspended him, probably waiting to see what happens. And then he, he wasn't bounced from Fox. Apparently, he stepped away. Right. So, But, of course, of course, we don't know. When you say stepped away, I mean, we've had people in the past who have been essentially fired for horrible embezzlement issues who, but for some reason, the company says, oh, you know, he left to pursue his family and his own things. We wish him well. Meanwhile, mm-hmm. he siphoned off, you know, he siphoned off hundred thousand bucks or whatever. So sometimes I, I don't trust any of those public statements because, right? Yeah, I mean, because he could have met could, with the four and they said, you know what, we don't want you on the show anymore. Let's just say that you uh, walked away. Right. Yeah, right. walked away. I like that. And also, I mean, listen, let's face it. Even though maybe you and I can see through that, it's better publicity to say, hey, you know what? I didn't want to be a distraction. I wanted to walk away. As much as people will maybe pick holes in that, it's better than saying, I was fired. (laughs) Right. 
They don't want me. Well, they I always wonder about I always wonder about Dr. Luke. Right. So he could have done it. Maybe he didn't do it. But whatever the case, he's losing a lot of business right now. Oh, absolutely. So the question is, how long until the dust clears? Never? Yeah, I, Two I, years I, from I, now? I three years from now? I don't know. I mean, it, 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 it's interesting because... I mean, it really is testing, Jim, what this new world of social media and media is all about. Uh, it's testing whether the dust does clear, right? Whether you can ever really move beyond it. Um, and obviously, every situation is different. I mean, right. we, we, you know, we know that. Every situation is different, and the stature of the person involved is different. I mean, Charlie Walk was not even close to being a household name. No. Not and until the show. He, right. And even now, he's not really. I mean, we could we could go outside in the street here and ask if anybody's heard of Charlie Walk, and a lot of people say, I don't know who you're talking about. Yeah, so I maybe he's crossing his fingers and hoping that next year at this time, he can step back into Republic. I, I, I think he's... I think he's definitely thinking that, but as I said in the beginning, though, one thing that is a flag for me is when you go out and hire attorneys who are known for suing companies to win executive pay, then yeah. there's there's some smoke there. Whether there's real fire there, I don't know. Yeah, so we'll see what happens. Now we move on to birthdays. Ah, any birthdays. Any, any good ones today? Well, Garth Brooks is 56. All right. Uh, the singer for Godsmack... Sully Erna is 50. Wes Borland from Limp Biscuit is 43. David Bryan, the keyboardist for Bon Jovi, and an, and an actually a really nice guy, is 56. So happy birthday, David. And, and an interesting one, uh, David Campbell, who's a composer and arranger who worked in the past with Michael Jackson and Adele, uh, was on Carol King's Tapestry record and has worked on dozens of films, is 70, and what he's really known for is that he is Beck's father. Ah, okay. So there you go. Nice. And you forgot the uh, the bass player of Deck of Jack, Brian oh, Fuzz Fuzetti. It's his birthday today, too. All right. <laughs> Congratulations. Happy the, birthday. Happy birthday, Fuzz. The number one single on the Billboard Hot 100, God's Plan from Drake. The number one album on the Billboard 200, Culture 2 from Migos. The number one song on iTunes, The Champion from Carrie Underwood featuring Ludacris. The number one album on iTunes, Man of the Woods from Justin Timberlake's from Justin Timberlake, singular. And the number one single on Spotify this week, God's Plan from Drake. We are going to take a break. And when we come back, Lyle and I have our music picks of the week. We are back on the Week in Music, Jim Shear and Lyle Presler. Uh, time now for our music picks of the week. So mine, I'll give you a little background before I tell you what it is. I'm a, a lightweight in the world of reggae, but if I hear a song that I like, I'll download it. I still download music, by the way, and then I'll put it with my three or other four reggae songs and just listen to those on a loop. <laughs> So at some point in time, I should probably get into reggae, get into artists, and make like a, a proper hour and a half playlist. I would recommend Steel Pulse. Steel Pulse? Steel Pulse. Awesome. Okay. Wait, still. Awesome. Re real reggae. Real reggae. Okay. I like Toots and the Maytals. Yes, absolutely. Like? Okay, yeah. I have like two songs from them on my iTunes, and I, I listen to those nonstop. Once again... Why don't I just get an entire album? I don't know. Well, you know, I, I actually think that given the technology that you have available, cherry picking is a good idea. Okay. <laughs> I mean, unless, so, you're like, unless you're at a show and you're dancing and, and you're, you're just into the vibe, you know, a lot of the songs are 
pretty similar. <laughs> but I kind of you know. yeah. But I kind of like that I don't know a lot. Yeah. And if if a reggae fan sat down with me and saw what I had on my playlists, they'd probably be like, "Oh, that's terrible." And I'd be like, well, I, I like it. I listen to them over and over. So I listen to new releases every week. And Holly Cook released a new album a couple weeks ago called Vessel of Love. And if you don't know, Holly Cook is the daughter of the Sex Pistols, Steve Cook. Her mother, Jenny, was a backup singer for Culture Club. And Boy George is Holly Cook's godfather. So she released a new album called Vessel of Love. And from it... There was a, a song called Stay Alive that I really liked, and that is why it is my music pick of the week. There you go. Stay Alive nice. from Holly Cook off of her brand new album, Vessel of Love. And I apparently like she was also, like she's it. into Slits. Do you know? Really? Yeah. Well, the Slits formed in the 70s. Yeah. Holly was born, I think, early 80s. But I guess they continued on and she is either was a member or is a member of the Slits. Oh, fascinating. Holly Cook. Cool. All right, Lyle, your turn. Well, I went with a, a more or less obvious choice. Um, I, I went with SZA featuring Kendrick Lamar, uh, All the Stars, mm-hmm. which is the first single off of the Black Panther soundtrack. Um, and I did it not not only because I think it's a good song, and I think it's probably one of the best of those sing-slash-rap songs that I've heard in a long time, but also because I think this Black Panther thing is going to be big. <laughs> um, the movie's going to be big, and the story around it's going to be big, and so I think it behooves us all to pay some attention to this. Um, so when does, do you know when the movie comes out? It's coming out, I think, in a, a couple of weeks or a week. Uh, see, I didn't even know if it was out yet. I don't think it's out yet. Uh, but okay. I, know that the, I know that critics have already pre-screened it. And, you know, as you said, everyone's talking about, you know, it's the greatest thing ever. Well, I don't know about that, but, and by the way, I'm not one of these people who has to rush to see every superhero movie that comes out, because frankly, right. I find it bewildering. Um, I was okay when there was just a Superman, you know, and then that was, the, and a Batman, and then now right. it's just like, it's like, this guy can shoot um, nails out of his fingernails, and it, their nails are special because they can, you know, it's like, come on, come on, you know. <laughs> well, my so, cousin, who is a movie and comic book nerd said that they have to keep making movies to keep the contract. Ah. There's something like that where if they don't make if they don't consistently make movies then they they either lose the contract or they lose the copyright. Well, I think that's probably the case, yeah. So that's so, why we have so many superhero movies. Right. And I mean and I and I mean that, you know, it's okay. I mean, people really listen. People love the stuff and that's great. But I think Black Panther looks like it's going obviously it's kind of a watershed moment in the whole comic book comic book movie thing because you're talking about essentially a movie that's all African American um in the main roles and I think and I think it's going to be interesting to see how the wider audience reacts to this and I'm I'm hoping that the reaction will be good. I'm hoping it's a good movie, although I don't know if I'll ever see it, but I'm um, hoping it's good, but Going back to the song, I just think the song's a nice song. I think it's it, it showcases both of them well. I know you have reservations about Kendrick. I think Kendrick's Kendrick's performance on this is good and a little bit more intelligible. Um, and so, yeah, there you go. 
So here is all the stars from Kendrick Lamar in SZA. Like everything this year, it's good. Yeah, it's good. It's good. Yeah, when I, because when I saw it on paper, Kendrick Lamar and SZA, two of the biggest names in R&B and hip hop music at the moment, I thought, wow, this has to be the greatest thing ever. And then I listened to it and I thought, well, it's good. It's good. It's good. Yeah. But I- <laughs> so th- th- this whole, this whole show is the it's good it's good it's a good show yeah. so i hope people out there listening to this will go yeah it was pretty good yeah you did a pretty good job like have you heard the week in music with lyle and jim yeah what do you think it's, it's good it's all right it's you good. know it's good yeah it's, it's all right pretty, yeah it's pretty good <laughs> uh we're gonna take one more break and when we come back we will play ask lyle We are back, Lyle Presler and Jim Shear on the Week in Music. Time now to play Ask Lyle. All right, Lyle. Ozzy Osbourne has mm. announced his farewell tour. You may remember in the early 90s, he announced a farewell tour called No More Tours, a playoff of his single, No More Tears. Well, he has announced his no More Tours 2 tour, which will take multiple years to complete. So my question is, do you buy it? Do I buy it's the last tour? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, to give him the benefit of the doubt, I think when he did the No More Tours thing, he was not doing well physically at all. Um, he, he was in bad shape from what I understand. And I think now he's doing better, like just physically. He feels better. Uh, he did the he did the Sabbath thing, right? Mm-hmm. And and that was pretty good, I have to say. I'm I'm not like a huge, huge fan, so but I thought it was pretty good. I enjoyed it. Um and and so I think he's feeling better. Um and so I think that he kinda wants to go do it again. Um, whether it's the la- I mean, is this going to be like a kiss thing, you know, where it just it just goes on and on and on? I mean, frankly, I thought the guy was pretty much toast in the 80s, man. You know, I mean, like he when you'd see him in, on stage, you'd be like, oh, my God, how is he going to how is this even going to finish? You know, how are we going to get through this? So so in December, Ozzy turned 69. Ooh. So during the No More Tours tour back in the 90s, he was in his 40s. Mm. Yeah, but so I like mean... you said, he could spin it where No More Tours 2 takes place for another 20 years. Right, exactly. I didn't say the tour ever had to end. <laughs> you could just keep going, man. I mean, it's just keep, we could just keep doing it night after night. Um. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. Have you ever have you ever watched that show with he and Jack? The new one? Yeah. No. It's actually really good. Oh, which I channel mean, is I it on? Yeah, it's. I think it's history. Okay. Um, it, 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 it's a uh, world detour. 
Uh, okay. Ozzy and Jack's World Detour. And I have to say, there's been a, uh, this is like the second or third season of it. And it's actually entertaining without being stupid. You know, I mean, it, 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 it's not the Osbournes. You know, it, it's, it, it's a reality show, but it's a travel show because they go places and they do things together. Mm-hmm. And I have to say that I wanted to really dislike it. And, you know, it's it pretty good. It's pretty good. Yeah. No. So, so good that luck, seems to be, yeah, That seems to be the overall consensus. All things right. are good. Things are good in 2018. So, but far. we want things to be great, the greatest ever. That's Maybe right. next year. So, uh, thank you for listening this week, everyone. For Lyle Presler, I'm Jim Shear, and we will see Yins later. So Ladies and gentlemen, Elvis has just left the building.